This is Inside Out Podcast. You know how we do. We're going deep into the mental, but we also touch the surface. This is Inside Out Podcast with a purpose. 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 What's up, everybody? Y'all already know what it is. It's another episode of Inside Out. I'm your host, Amanda, a.k.a. M, a.k.a. Mugga, a.k.a. M Mugga. What's up, everybody? What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, y'all. Um, I didn't have a, a topic for this episode. I didn't have a topic at all for this episode, but, um... I had got on live earlier today, and today is Friday. What is it? Today is Friday, May 22nd, I believe. So y'all won't be hearing this episode until Sunday, which will be the 24th. But I didn't have, usually I write my episodes a week in advance, so I don't have to do anything but just upload it. I try to do my uploads every Sunday night, but... I didn't have a topic for this. So when I went on live, I had somebody who come in my live. I went on the podcast page live. And uh, he said, write about what I went through this week. My encounters this week or, you know. So I didn't have any encounters at that moment that I could think, oh, let me write about this. This is this would be good. Or let me talk about this. This would be good. I didn't have anything that I felt would be a relevant topic. But... As soon as I said that, it just seemed like I just something happened, and I just just clicked to me like I could write about this. And um, it's not the most positive thing, it's not the most negative thing, but it is based around reality, and that's what I'm here for. That's what my job is to give y'all reality, and uh. The moral of this story is what happened to me this uh, beginning of this weekend, which is Friday, it had me thinking about my story. It had me thinking about a lot of the things I've been through um, versus me being grown or me being a child, teenager, or whatever the case was. Um, so I just felt like I should come on here and talk to y'all about my story, like, Cause I know that this is all new to y'all. Y'all don't know me. I don't know y'all. But hopefully I get to know y'all. And right now I'm just going to show y'all who I am. And how I am here today. And I mean here. Like literally here. Like how I'm here today. Living and breathing today. So I just wanted to share my story with y'all. I hope y'all enjoy it. Man, it's not really for to be enjoyed, but it is to be listened to. I think that is very, it, it might influence a lot of y'all to, you know, take your struggles in and strive, man. Just keep going towards the top, no matter what, no matter what you think you can do. So, this is going to be a two-part, two-part, um, this is going to be two parts. So, with this episode... I'm going to speak on the first part of my life. I want to say from 
a child to high school. And then uh, on the second part, I'm going to speak on from high school to a grown-up, to me now. And I hope y'all enjoy it. And just, just, just try to be sensitive to certain subjects. Because everything is not easy to do. Especially talking about your life to a bunch of strangers. I won't want to be strangers with y'all, but for now, y'all, that's what we are. We all strangers. So let's just try to be sensitive to people in their life and their struggles and all that. So I hope y'all enjoy it, man. Before we get into this beautiful episode of my story, I just want to let y'all know, I know somebody who make the best food out in Philly, man. It's called High Quality Food. And my man, Chef Boy Doula, be putting his thing down in the kitchen. I'm going to tell y'all that right now. He's located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He got a phone number so y'all can order his takeout. And he'll have your order with you, for order ready for you. He making deliveries. Make sure... Make sure y'all hit him up. He got all types of things, man. He got cheese, cheese steak wraps. He got chicken cheese steak. He got burgers. He got chicken breast sandwiches. Anything y'all need, man. He got buffalo chicken cheese steaks, salmon cheese steaks, lemon pepper garlic palm wings, buffalo honey hot. Listen, man, I ain't even going to keep going into it, but make sure y'all hit my guy up. His Instagram page is at high quality food man make sure y'all hit him up see what's up with him his prices are beautiful man his prices are beautiful for the quality of the food i'm telling y'all that right now if y'all go on my page y'all see that i posted him y'all get with him i'm telling y'all if you come to philly and you need some good eats make sure y'all hit up my guy chef boy doula high quality foods is definitely the place to go if you want a good 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 meal you hear me so make sure y'all hit that man up his instagram once again is at high quality food so without further notice it's time to ask myself what's the matter What's the matter? Hello, hello, hello. What's the matter? What's the matter today? today? My name is Amanda. Amanda, I was gonna give y'all my whole name, but. I'ma just stick with my first name for now. My uh the name I was given was Amanda. Um I was born December twenty-fourth. I'm twenty-eight years old right now as I'm recording this. And I'm just I'm just here to tell my story. That's what I'm about to do. So, Amanda <laughs> was born in the uh, in Philadelphia, 
Philly, as y'all know. And I was adopted. I wasn't in the foster care system or anything like that. I was in a private facility, so I never was in the system. Um, much love to everybody who's going through that right now with family family members and loved ones in the system. I pray for y'all. And I pray for them. But I never was in the system um, as far as DHS or anything like that. I was in a adopted from a pri- in a private facility. Um, I was adopted by a beautiful woman, my mother, and she did everything you could possibly think of with me and my sister. Everything you could think of. Like we took vacations every summer. Like it was never a summer that went past that we didn't take vacations. Um, my mom was single mom. I never had any male figure in my life that she presented to me as being her boyfriend, her husband, her man, or anything like that. So it was strictly just us girls in the house. It was only three of us. Um, but other than that, I still was in a in a pretty big family. My grandma had a lot of kids, so I had a lot of aunts and a lot of uncles and a lot of cousins. You know, which is cool with me. Um, so Amanda uh, wasn't really the average, typical child growing up. She always felt like she didn't belong. Like, ever since I can remember, I always felt like I was different from my family. I didn't know that I was actually adopted into this family until later in my life so just me having that feeling like I'm not the same or I don't look like them or I don't feel you know I didn't feel I didn't feel a hundred percent a part of the family even if it was five percent missing out of the hundred that five percent still mattered to me because that's five percent of myself you know what I'm saying so I just always grew up feeling like I didn't belong or something was missing in my life. And at a very young age, I was I was molested. I was molested by somebody close to me, a female. And uh, it just feel like from that point on, like my life just was, just was spiraling out of control. Like it was just, my mental was just, just started spiraling. Like I don't know. Like it just felt like it did more to me as a child that I I could identify with now. Like, I couldn't tell when I was a child that maybe this is what's causing me to be a certain type of way or think certain things. But as I grew older, it started kind of, like, all falling into place. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm not sure what age that was. It probably was around the age of eight. I I was molested by a female uh, that was close to me. 
And this was a female that was close to me, so, like, I would have to see this female. Like, I would have to see her, like, you know, on regular basis and regular, at regular times and things like that. Like, and it was, it was, it, was, it, it took a toll on me. Like, I didn't really notice how much of a bother it was to me until now, like, when I see her. Like, I didn't notice that how much it bothered me until now like being grown seeing her and it's bothering me like not bothering me like I can't function I can't breathe I'm having anxiety attack but it bothers me to the point where it's like like I don't want to deal with you like you know like that anger just come back like I don't want to deal with you and then I never got like an apology or nothing like that it just was like life just gonna go on as it was like I did what I did to you and and life just gonna proceed to just keep going on as it is and as it was like and I think that's part of where the the resentment comes in there too because it's like dog like we grown now but still we, we in the space where you could come talk to me you know what I'm saying apologize or acknowledge the shit versus just keep going on like nothing happened or like it was just a joke or like I don't fucking know like I don't know if it was a joke to her but to me I was being like you know what I'm saying like I was being taken advantage of in a sexual manner like and um I just feel like that that's when I started going downhill like I didn't and, and I don't feel like my mom saw the signs of that and it's not her fault but then again it kind of is but it's not because we, I said me being a parent is like we can't catch every single thing. We just got to make sure we don't put our kids in a position for things like that to happen to them. Like I was saying, I just feel like us as parents, we got to make sure that we not we try not to put our kids in a position for certain things to happen to them. And uh, when your kids, you see different signs or different things that your kids is doing, just make sure that you actually take heed to it and and talk to them and ask them what's going on and ask them is anybody bothering them or messing with them or ask them don't force other kids on your kids either like that was a big thing because the person that did it to me we was the same age so it was like oh you about to go here with such and such oh you going to a birthday party we gonna take such and such but it was like I was that person was being forced on to me even though all these things was happening to me when nobody wasn't wasn't looking like and that's a big thing like if your kid don't feel comfortable around another kid I don't care if it's a kid that's two years older than him a year older than him or her or three years older than them don't force other kids on your kids because you don't never know exactly what that kid what it is about that child that makes your child not want to be around them so um, that was a big thing too. Like I would always have to be forced to go places and do things with her. And it just kind of had me like, I didn't understand. Like it made me think even more as a child. I had to been like, I had to, it had to have started when I was like nine, eight, nine, like, and went all the way up to like, and went all the way up to like, like, I want to say 12, like, if that long, you know, probably 11, like, but going on 12, like, it, it had to go that far, you know what I'm saying, so, like, basically, what I'm saying is, 
basically what I'm saying is, man, um, don't force other kids on your kids. Don't force your kids to do nothing with nobody. If they don't like somebody, listen to your kids when they say they don't like another child. Don't just say, oh, well, what you mean? You don't like, you probably... No, these kids... kids children don't judge. Children are not judgmental. They're the least judgmental human beings on this earth. So... For them to say, oh, I don't like them, they literally judging that person based off of how they treated them. Or I don't want to be around that person. They judging that based off how they're being treated by that person. You know what I'm saying? That's why I like working with kids. Like, I work with kids. That's my main specialty is to work with kids because they don't judge you. They're not worrying about your past. All they worried about is how you treat them. So, basically, what I'm saying is just don't be forcing nobody on your kids, man. No grown-ups or no other kids. So, uh, anyway, back to the story. Back to the story. Um, so I was just always forced to be around her and all that. And, um, so time went past and I didn't, I wasn't sure that what, it was a time where I didn't know that what I was doing was wrong. Like I was a kid, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what sex is. I don't know what sexual acts are. I don't know what none of those things are, you know what I'm saying? So, and, and I wasn't like being penetrated. Like it was nothing being, you know, pushed up inside of me and nothing. This is a little graphic. I'm sorry, y'all, but I'm trying to get y'all as much detail as possible without being too detailed where... I hurt somebody's feelings or whatever, you know. Um, so I didn't notice, like, being a child, I didn't know that what I was doing was wrong. I just, it didn't, being as though my mom was allowing me to be around this person, I didn't know that what they were doing to me and telling me to do was wrong because you approve it when you tell me, oh, it's cool to be with such and such, go here with this person. I feel like you approve it or whatever, so... Time went on, and um, I started, like, acting out. Like, I started acting out. Like, in school, I started acting out. I started getting into a lot of fights. Um, I started getting into a lot of fights when I was younger. I started having authority issues. That was the main thing. I think this actually, that's the main thing I think it, 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 it gave me was authority issues. Like, till this day, I can't stand people who are, authoritative figures I don't like bosses that's why I like to work as an independent contractor I don't like um police like and it could be a nice police officer you know what I'm saying it's just the fact that I know that you have that authority like I don't like birds because I feel like they can fly and we can't anybody or anything that has an advantage over me or I feel like is a blatant advantage over me I don't like them I don't like them. I don't want to be around that. I'm not saying necessarily people like, oh, you're in a higher standing than me. But I mean like the literal authoritative um, persona like or the literal authoritative um, title. That's what gets me. You know what I'm saying? But so um, I think that triggered a lot. I started getting in trouble and stuff like that. And um, Eventually, I was diagnosed with something, of course. Because that's what they do to us. Us as in, you know, black kids. We don't know how to sit down. We don't want to listen. We want to do this. We want to do that. We, we having issues. They automatically take us to the doctor. And, order, and the doctor automatically tell us that, oh, your kid has this. 
or your kid has that. So that's what happened to me, and I wound up uh, being put on medicine at a young age. Um, now, I wasn't on medicine at a young age, like eight. This had to have been like 11, 12. I had to start taking medicine and things like that. But at the same time that I was acting out, around that age, 12, that's when I f- was told I was adopted. That's when I was told um, by my mom that I was actually adopted and I was not, that she was not my biological mom. My sister was not my biological sister. My family was not my biological family. So the acting out that I was doing from everything else, as far as what was happening to me or what happened to me when I was a kid, like being molested and stuff, it just tripled. Like once I found that out, because it's like, I don't know who I am. And I always felt like, I didn't belong, so now I'm like, I wasn't crazy this whole time, you know what I'm saying, but then again, it's still a crazy feeling, because it's like, damn, I always felt that, but I wasn't expecting, like, to hear this, like, I wasn't expecting to hear that, so it kind of, like, it kind of got me a little bit, you know, it kind of got me a little bit, uh, little bit more out of pocket and um I started taking medicine and the medicine did not work I've been on all types of medicine Seroquel, Concerta everything you could think of everything except for Ritalin I never was on Ritalin and that's the number one drug that they prescribe our urban communities for their children that are so called diagnosed with ADHD attention deficit disorder and all of those things so I never was on Ritalin, but I was on a lot of medicine um, growing up. Um, I went to therapy. The age twelve, I started going to therapy, and you know what's the crazy part? Therapy always starts off as a uh, family therapy. That's how I got dragged into going to therapy. I got dragged into going to therapy. By going to family sessions. It always started off as family sessions. One day I'm in there with me, my mom, and my sister. Next time I look up, it's just me and him. Just me and the therapist in there. But he wasn't really getting no information out of me because I know how to uh, shut down. That was my that's my specialty. I'll shut down. I even do that to this day. Like I'll shut down on that ass. That's that's something easy for me to do. I shut right down. He asked me questions, I'm just looking at him. You know, like just no no response, no emotion. Not even no emotion in my eyes. Like when I say shut down I mean shut down, shut down. No emotion in my eyes. No hand movements, no gestures, like no nothing. Like it's like talking to a brick wall. Yep, so eventually I did start um, communicating with him because I realized that me trying to communicate to my mom how I feel was no longer an option. Once you have a therapist for your kids, this is my personal opinion, I feel like you cut down on your communication with your own child and you solely depend on the communication between her and the therapist and you depend on the therapist to communicate to you what your child feels, what they're trying to say and what's going on with them. 
So uh, eventually I had no choice but to communicate with him if I wanted to get through to my mom. Um, they asked me the typical questions. Do you hear voices? Uh, do you have racing thoughts? Um, do you find it hard to concentrate? Typical shit like that. But like those questions are so broad. Like, it, 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 of course, like, do you have mood swings? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like those questions are so broad. Like, it's like everyone goes through that. Like, everyone has mood swings. One minute you might feel cool, and then the next minute you might not feel cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, one day you might be happy, one day you might be sad. So, like, I'm answering yes to these questions because this is really what's going on. But me being young, 13... You know what I'm saying? 12, I don't know that by me answering yes to these questions that I'm about to be diagnosed with something. Like, I'm not knowing that me answering yes to these questions, I'm about to be diagnosed. And once I'm diagnosed, I'm labeled. And once I'm labeled, I'm limited. My life became limited, like, so fast. It was just like, the minute that my mom accepted, the minute... That my mom accepted that I had a mental illness from the the therapist telling her that is the minute that I was no longer, is the minute that I was no longer seen as Amanda. I was seen as bipolar, ADHD, and whatever other shit they put on there. That's the minute that I was... I seen that. But the crazy thing is, man, the minute that I accepted that I had all that shit is the minute that I had all that shit. Y'all feel what I'm saying? The minute that I was told this and that I accepted, oh, maybe I am bipolar. I mean, I think I, I might be. The minute I felt that and said that to myself is the minute that I actually became that. And that's why I'm so strong on mind over matter till this day because the minute that I decided that I was sick is the minute I became sick and the minute that I decided not to be sick I wasn't sick so back to the story I'm gonna try to drop little gems in between um in between me telling this story or whatever so now I'm I'm 13 diagnosed with I'm 13. I done been molested. I done felt out of place within my own family. The family I was adopted into as a newborn. I mean, I was adopted as a newborn. I didn't know anything but them. You see what I'm saying? Um, I done been to therapy. And now I'm diagnosed with some shit. And now... Once you get diagnosed with some shit, they ain't going to diagnose you and not give you the drugs. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm diagnosed. I'm on drugs. See what I'm saying? Not only am I on the drugs for bipolar depression, but I'm on the drugs for ADHD and I'm on the sleeping drug because even ever since I was a kid, I never slept at nighttime. I've always had vivid dreams. As at nighttime, um, so I never was good at sleeping. But 
that's gonna i'ma save my spiritual life from a kid till now for another episode because that right there that's a serious john so I'm, i'm 13 now and i'm in school i'm being bullied i got bullied when i was in school uh for not being you know I grew up my sister that I grew up next to I love her to death but she is light skinned with long hair and I was the exact opposite I was dark skinned with short hair so growing up to light skinned with long hair is like you automatically become the ugly sister so I was bullied in school because me and my sister went to the same school I was bullied in school I'm not saying that you are the ugly sister I'm saying in the eyes of ignorant you know people that that's how they tend to think and you tend to get bullied over things like that so i was uh bullied in church i was bullied in church the church that my mom went to and i was also bullied in school and that's why i'm not big on church now to this day that's part of the that's a that's a major reason why but uh yeah so now i'm depressed i really literally was depressed that might be the only diagnosis that was accurate from the psychiatrist and therapist was I was depressed everything else was bullshit um I was depressed I was deeply sad I was tired I was sleeping all the time and uh I wasn't happy this is, mind y'all, I'm not even in high school yet. When I'm going through all of this at 13, like 12, I'm going through crying spells. I don't even know why I'm crying. You know what I'm saying? Like, not crying, like bawling my eyes out crying, but weeping. Like, I'm, like my soul is, is, is yearning for something. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I'm not sure what it's yearning for. So it's hard to even explain to my mom when she come in my room and ask me what's wrong. It's hard for me to even tell her exactly what's wrong because I don't know what it is. That's the worst pain where you don't know where it come from. And I only say that because of my experiences. The worst pain for me is not knowing why why you're hurting. And that was a big thing with me. Um, sometimes I might even do that to this day. I'm not depressed to this day, but sometimes I do have um, days where, you know, my tears just want to be center of attention. I kind of let them feel like it's better out than in. So, so yeah, back to the story. So, I'm depressed and crying over things and feeling like I don't belong and all of that. And, uh, so... 2007 I get to high school and my first year of high school I had a friend that I grew up with and uh, he killed himself so that right there uh, really opened my eyes to a lot of things and uh, I just became I just, I just, when, when he killed himself, I became desensitized to pain. 
I'm a Capricorn, so when I did when I did cry, when I do cry, I kind of hold some in and let it out a little bit at a time. A little bit at a time. Everything got to be structured with me. So I let it out a little bit at a time. So even if I'm weeping, I tend to pull back more than I let out. So uh, with that happening, with him killing himself, it just made me desensitize to, to, to pain. And um, I started to, I, it became easier for me to express my pain through tears. It made it easier for me to cry because of that. And um, I never, I never looked at his death as something that I could learn from. I always just thought it was senseless growing up um, in high school. I just always thought it was senseless until I got to the 11th grade and um, I realized that I've had those same thoughts myself. You know what I'm saying? I've been there. Like, I've been there in that spot when I wanted to know how would life be without me living it? Like, how would it be if I wasn't here no more? Or how would they feel if this happened to me? Just so I could see the aftermath. Or just because I'm in so much pain, I don't know where this pain coming from. I don't even know where this I can't even return to cinder with the pain because I don't know where it's coming from feeling like the black sheep of the family nothing that I nothing that I do is ever good enough I'm on this medicine I'm crazy nothing that I do I'm never going to be able to live a life that I want to live because I'm crazy and I'm on this medicine it's controlling me it's making me think things that I don't want to think I don't know how to function without it they telling me I needed to function you know what I'm saying so when that happened to him um I realized that I was in a lot of pain I was in so much pain I slept with my mom for about two years after that I would wake up in the middle of the night crying because of that when I did get some sleep um I would wake up and cry and weep and cry my soul would cry and um I realized that that's a pain I would never want anyone I love to feel that's a pain I would never want any of my loved ones to feel is losing somebody in that way you know what I'm saying so him doing that actually saved my life because if I never felt that pain or what I've basically felt the pain that I would put my mom through when he did that and um it's no way I could my pain could measure up to the pain that his mom felt but I felt that pain I'm telling y'all man it's something different no question no answers no 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 goodbyes no anything just 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 it that's just it you know what i'm saying and i felt that i'm sorry y'all and i felt that you know what i mean and when i felt that i'm like damn i could never put my mom through this i couldn't put my sister through this you know what i'm saying cuz that shit was so bad y'all and uh 
So that's where I kind of started straying away from the suicidal thoughts and things like that. And uh, I still was going to therapy on a regular basis in high school. Um, But I still was in pain. It was times where I would break down the hallway steps. And y'all know when somebody asks you what's wrong and you just cry even more. A lot of times that's the real pain. Because when they ask you what's wrong, I know with me, when they used to ask me what's wrong, I used to just cry in the hallway. You know what I'm saying? On the steps. And I had a lot of friends in high school. Like, high school was the best. I loved high school. I had a lot of fun. But it was still an underlining um, depression that I was dealing with. And my friends around me would never, could never tell. They would never tell. They would never tell. I don't know if y'all know any Capricorns, but we wear our pain well. You would think we are just perfect, fine, and dandy. You know what I'm saying? But we could be going through the works. You know what I mean? And none of my friends ever really knew, like, exactly what I went through. You know what I'm saying? In high school, I just carried it so well. Like, um... So I used to just cry all the time. I just used to cry. I just wanted to know why I'm here. And I felt like my life had no purpose. I didn't understand why I was here. Like, I didn't get why I was brought into this world to be labeled bipolar. I didn't, under- I didn't get why God allowed me to be brought into this world to be treated differently from other people in my in my family I didn't understand why God wanted me to stay here and be here after all the pain that I went through I didn't understand why he wanted me here just to be molested and hurt and taken advantage of and and to feel the way that I felt I didn't understand it you know what I'm saying so it's like once uh once I got older like, once I got older, you know what I'm saying? Like, once I got out of high school and shit like that, or, like, my last years of high school, I was still pretty, you know, depressed and shit. Yeah, I still was depressed and going through the motions and going up and down. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Going up and down in my head a lot Um, while I was in high school. Um... Then I'm dealing with boys now, so, like, I'm dealing with that, wondering if I'm pretty enough and wondering if I'm if I'm worth somebody liking me or, you know, things like that. Um, just wondering what's going on, man, with me, questioning myself. Not questioning myself on a good note, but questioning who I am and, why do I have to be this way? And why am I me? And why am I here? And things like that. A lot of depression, man. It was, just, it was I was fucked up as a kid mentally. Like mentally, I had no strength as a, as a kid until teenage years. I had no strength, no mental strength. I had no self love. I I had no self love for years. I didn't love myself. I didn't love anything about myself. It wasn't one thing I could point out in the mirror and say, you know what? I like that about your face. I like that about how you look, or I like that about how you how you think, how you speak. Any of that. I didn't love myself at all, and that's why I'm so big on self love when it comes to my son 
and any other child that I I may interact with. Um, but I always I always was good at writing. So um, even in in middle school, I would write things, um, poetry style writings, but they were based around my my emotions and how I feel. I would just put everything I feel on paper and it'd be in a poetic way. And it, and sometimes I would write things down and I didn't know that it even rhymed until I actually read it to myself. It was to the point where I would write my thoughts and my handwriting would be totally different than the handwriting as if I was writing um a letter or as if I was writing a schoolwork or something and it wasn't just it wasn't just uh it's sloppy it's not sloppy it was a totally different style of handwriting like um I might post it I might find some old work that I did um as a kid and uh well not as a kid but you know middle school until now like my writings now um and I was just right. I would just write. I would just write everything, my thoughts down and things like that and how I felt. But I would put it in metaphors. Um, I never would say I feel, you know what I mean? It would be something closer to that has to do with nature or, you know, anything except for just implementing my myself and my feelings on the paper. Uh, <clears throat> in such a blank, uh, uh, in such a blatant way. So uh yeah, I was just write and that's that's where my book on Amazon comes in. Everything that I used to write when I was a kid, I actually typed it up and I published a book from my writings then until my writings now as being a grown-up. And I'm showing y'all the progression of how I used to feel through those writings and how I feel now and how I got to the space that I am in now. And if y'all want to buy the book, it's still on Amazon. It's called Mind Journey. So that's M-I-N-D Journey. And uh, y'all could go search that on Amazon. I think it's about $13. It's by Amanda Chestnut. So make sure y'all get the right book if y'all do purchase it. And I appreciate the love. But through high school I was going through the motions like I was I was horrible like it, it was horrible you know what I'm saying so I think I'm gonna end this I'm gonna end this episode on that and I'll finish high school to me being who I am now um in the next episode I hope y'all enjoyed that little little piece of me which was really a big piece of me, so it's kind of oxymoron, you know. But uh, I hope y'all enjoyed it, and I hope y'all tune in so y'all can hear part two about, and I, and that's the good parts, you know what I mean? That's how I got to be who I am now. It's still a little darkness in there once I get from high to high school into who I am now. But just bear with me and just listen to my story, and hopefully y'all could take things from it. And, and and grow from it in your own lives you know what I mean like so I thank y'all for listening to my story and stay tuned for part two it's gonna be coming this after I drop this on Sunday which is May 24th I'm gonna be dropping the part two the Sunday following which will be May 31st so make sure y'all tune in 
And I love y'all. Thank you for y'all support. Y'all perfect, man. Y'all perfect. You know what I'm saying? Y'all perfect. I don't care how many people tune in. I don't care if it was two people tuning in. That's perfect for me. You know what I'm saying? So I love y'all. Make sure y'all follow the podcast. And uh, just stay tuned. I love y'all, man. Before we go, we're going to get into the perspective of a poet. Let's listen to what a poet got to say. What do a poet have to say about this story? Perspective from a poet, a poet's perspective. 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 Sometimes I wonder, why am I here? And I ask God to get me out of here. Sometimes I wonder if this life, if this life is for me. And then I wonder, is there any light in me? Because darkness is all I see. Dark days and dark times have become the biggest part of me. So sometimes I wonder and I ask God, why am I here? Why am I alive? I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't see anything getting better. I don't see the sunlight. All I feel, all I can see and hear is disastrous weather. So when you see me, don't just look on the outside because the inside is crying, dying, and asking God, why am I alive? That was the perspective of of a poet for this episode, y'all. It was based on the beginning, part one of my story. Make sure y'all tune in next Sunday so that y'all can hear part two. And I'm out, y'all. Lay y'all. If you don't know, if you already know, we are a podcast with a purpose. I'm your host, Amanda, a.k.a. M, a.k.a. Mugga, a.k.a. M Mugga. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully, y'all tune in every single episode that we have in the future. Go ahead and follow me at M underscore Mugga on Instagram. And you can also follow the podcast page, which is Inside Out underscore pod if y'all have any inquiries y'all need some free promotion y'all want to do some interviews or y'all have anything that y'all feel is worth saying on this good podcast go ahead and hit me up all my all my information is on my instagram page thank you for tuning in once again this is inside out inside out podcast with a purpose podcast with a purpose. Podcast with a purpose. Podcast with a purpose.
with a purpose. Podcast with a purpose.